So I feel like you hear it on TV and it's broadcasted to a large group of people, but when you're on the phone and it's just you and this person, it's a completely different um, experience and it, it makes you see things in a completely different light. So welcome back to episode 18 of The Nest. Today we are joined by Bianca Barrios. Bianca is an intern for Representative Donna Shalala of Florida's 25th Congressional District. So Bianca, go ahead and say what's up to the people. Hi, what's up, guys? So for people that don't know, can you kind of explain the process of getting a congressional internship? Yeah, of course. So it is a three-step process, I believe. The first thing that you have to do is go into the congresswoman or congressman's um, internet page that you want to intern for. For me, it was easier to intern for Congresswoman Chalela because she is um, based in Miami, so the district office was here. But I know a lot of people that if they like a congresswoman or a congressman from let's say New York or California, then they apply for them and just fly out for the internship. Um, so you have to go to that person's web page and they will be a tab will where you can basically um, find the application. The application consists of an actual application where they're like, they ask you what your GPA is, what right. your extracurriculars are and all that stuff. Um, additionally, you have to supply a writing sample. So I just put my college essay because I had to apply around the same time. Makes sense. And then you have to do a letter of recommendation. So I actually asked Mr. Rodriguez for my letter of recommendation and Mr. Carson. They both sent some in, so I sent both of those in. Um, you have to wait after that for about a week and a half for them to review all your stuff and decide if they will move you, move you into the next stage. Um, the next stage is a interview. So I did mine by phone, and basically they asked me to elaborate on everything I had put on my application. They asked me what are some things I like to do in my personal time. They asked me stuff like, how consciously aware are you on social media? Because obviously they don't want interns that are posting um, inappropriate things on social media or doing anything that can reflect badly on the congresswoman or congressman. Um, and they just ask you a bunch of different things. Um, surprisingly, they don't ask you um, like where you stand politically, which I thought was really interesting because obviously, you know, you would want someone that agrees with your congressman or congresswoman, but they don't ask you anything politic related. And I was actually really surprised when I got to the office and Shalila is a Democrat and there's actually a lot of Republicans that work for her, which I thought was really cool. Um, so yeah, you have to do your phone interview. And if you pass your phone interview, then they will send you into intern orientation, which is where they teach you the ropes of being an intern, and then you can finally start your internship. Right. And what does the everyday kind of like ins and outs of the internship uh, require? So what's uh, your shift starts at whatever time? What do you what what does your average day look like? Right. So I had to do my internship. Um, while school was still going on, obviously. Mm -hmm. So my schedule looked a little different from everyone else's. Normally what they will have you do is that they will have you go in like a regular work day, nine to five. Um, but if you are a student, then they obviously are very flexible with your hours. Um, I was the youngest person in the office, so I was the only one that still had to do like a work schedule, like a school schedule that was flexible. Uh, but everyone else was there nine to five. I got there um, around 
two and I was there from two to five every single day. And basically what happens is you go in and when you first start out your internship, they give you simple tasks such as like searching up the Congresswoman's name on Google to see what everyone's saying about her and see what her opinions um, are. You have to, we send out emails to, to our constituents, basically asking what they believe about certain issues so that we can get feedback. You have to check those emails, make sure people are replying. Um, we have to do this thing called letters, which is where we send um, letters on behalf of the office to notable members of our community. So for example, um, whenever the all date athletes list comes out, we make sure to send letters to the all date athletes. If someone is um, about to retire, if someone opened a new business, if someone is celebrating an anniversary, anything like that, we send them letters to make sure that our constituents know that we are proud of them and we celebrate their accomplishments as well. Um, that's kind of like beginner stuff. As you start forming relationships with members of the staff, they can assign you their own tasks. So for example, um, there was, I became really good friends with um, one of the congressional staffers, her name is Christy. And whenever Christy needed help on a case, or maybe she needed to write an email to someone in DC, maybe she needed to read a case file, anything like that, sometimes she would send me the work and I would type it up for her, or I would do whatever she asked me to help out with the constituent casework. But that's as you start developing a relationship. You also answer phones a lot. We're constantly getting phone calls from people um, who need help. Let's say they have a housing issue. Let's say most of the time, I would say about 99.9% .9 of the work that we do at our office is immigration work. So Shalala is responsible for the 25th district of Florida, which is the core heart of Miami. It's not kind of like, you know how Doral's in Miami, Haley's mm -hmm. in Miami, that's not us. We are like Brickle, Miami Beach, downtown, like what people typically imagine Miami to be, right. that is us. So everyone that wants to immigrate, um, immigrate to the United States, obviously Latin America chooses Miami as its prime destination to go to. So we are the first office that gets called when someone's trying to get a relative to be able to come to the United States or where people are from other countries and they're trying to come into Miami, we are the first person they call for that. So that is the majority of our casework and the majority of the calls we get. So yeah, to wrap it up, it's basically just a bunch of emails, casework and phone calls. And can you explain to the people who don't know what exactly is a case? Okay, so a case is any, anything you want our office to help you with. So basically the process of that is that you call and you say, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm having this issue. So what we would do is we would go on findyourrepresentative.com, enter the person's address just to make 100% sure that they are in our district because unfortunately if that person is not in our district, we legally cannot help that person out. They are not under our jurisdiction. So we would have to send them to their actual representative. Once we have confirmed that that person does live in our district, then we will get their name, get their case information, and put it on this database called Fireside. So what Fireside basically is, is a database where we have the name of everyone who is registered in our district. So if you live in Miami Beach, Brickell, downtown, I could just 
search your name up on Fireside and I will find out basically everything about you. I can see where you work. I can see what your gross income is. I can see what you voted as in the last election. I can see a bunch of different things like that. We will go to your Fireside and we will say, okay, this person has this issue on this date. And we start tracking the progress of your case. So let's say you have a immigration issue where you want your father to come from Cuba. The day you call, we will track you down on Fireside. We will start working on the case within our office. And every time we have an update on the case, we will track it in Fireside and we will call you to let you know that there is an update. And that is what a case is. And that's how we manage our cases. Right. And what are some aspects of the internship that you didn't expect going into it? Definitely the severity of the cases. Um, my first day during the orientation, they tell you that it is going to be pretty heavy and there are going to be a lot of things that you're going to have to kind of like sit back and take a breather. Um, in fact, they even have this, we didn't really use this in our district office, but I know in Washington, they use them a lot. They have like congressional therapists, quote unquote, which is, um, individuals who are licensed to help congressional staffers and members of the house out anytime that maybe a case gets a little too much or the stress of it or anything. Um, when I first came into it, I thought it was going to be people, you know, just, oh, like, I want my cousin to come from Cuba or I want my mom to come from Venezuela, or, you know, just simple stuff like that. Right. But it actually turned to we had a lot of cases where it was people who had to report to ICE tomorrow, or it was people that they were being persecuted. And if they stayed in their country for just one week longer, like something was going to happen to their family or something was even going to happen to them. So hearing that in the news is very different. I feel like we become very desensitized to it, but hearing it from the actual mouth, of the person that's going through that. And it's it's just so personal. I feel like you hear it on TV and it's broadcasted to a large group of people. But when you're on the phone and it's just you and this person, it's a completely different um, experience. And it, it makes you see things in a completely different light. So yeah, that's definitely the thing that I didn't expect. There was definitely a lot of times where I had to like put the phone down and kind of breathe. We had a Starbucks downstairs. So we always had this thing where we would say, oh, just take a Starbucks lap. And we would go downstairs, get a coffee, get anything, kind of take our mind off that phone call we just had and come back in and start working on it. Right. And how has the internship changed now with, with the whole corona pandemic? Right. So in the beginning of the pandemic, what we would do is that we started um, kind of changing our schedule. So instead of being there every day, we would go maybe two days or three days. Um, as the pandemic started getting more and more serious, Basically, um, the capital started distributing computers to the, the congressional staff. We have to use different work computers because we are not allowed to do any congressional work on our home and personal laptops. Even if we tried to, we couldn't. So let's say I want to check my email. I can't just go to any, any random computer and check my congressional email. I'm only allowed to do that and I can only access that through um, my work laptop, which is like that with everything. It's like that to access the fireside database. It's like that to access certain websites. So they gave us these work computers to use at home. And basically what we do is that 
if any staffer needs help with the case, they will send us the information. We will work on it at home. We have, um, I don't know if this is every office that's doing this. I know our office does this. The interns, we're not allowed to go back into the office, but what is called a congressional staffer, which is the people who get paid to work at that office, um, they go in, like one staffer will go in one day, one staffer will go in the other day, just to make sure that there's someone there to answer the phone and be able to actually directly talk to people, because obviously we can't do that here. But um, yeah, the majority of the work is basically just through our work laptops now, and we're just constantly emailing members of our office and members of our community to make sure we can still work on their cases, even if we're not physically in the office. Right, and how have kind of the cases uh, that concern your constituents kind of changed once the, the pandemic hit? It was actually, it kind of came like in waves. So when everything was, when there was still talk about a shutdown, like nothing had happened, there was no stay at home orders in place. It was just kind of speculation. People, the majority of the calls that we got was people asking about the shutdown, asking about what would be open, what would not be open, what is the necessary business, you know, stuff like that. Um, once the shutdown actually happened and we passed um, the bill for the stimulus check, that's all the calls we got, stuff about the stimulus check, why isn't my stimulus check here, why haven't I gotten my money, stuff like that. Um, unfortunately, just a little heads up, please stop calling your congressional office about your stimulus check. We don't have anything to do with that. Um, that is IRS. And unfortunately, I realized that we obviously aren't getting the income that we used to. And a lot of us are in very grave situations and we do need that income, but there really isn't anything we can do about it. I'm very sorry about that. Please stop calling the congressional offices about that. Um, just go to the IRS portal, check your status. And that is the most information that we can give you on that. Um, after we stopped getting the stimulus check um, calls, we began getting a lot of emails and a lot of calls about immigration, which we expected. So basically when Trump said that no flights were going to be allowed from Europe, everyone started freaking out and everyone started calling us about their relatives in Latin America. A lot of people had their asylum meetings or their visa meetings or stuff scheduled for the time of the shutdown. So obviously all of that had to be rescheduled. Obviously these people weren't going to be able to come to the United States um, during the shutdown during this time. So that was really concerning because obviously the world has stopped here, but those people that let's say were in those severe situations where they were being persecuted or stuff was happening to them back home, that hasn't stopped. So that, that there's still a really big urgency for, to help people out, to be able to, you know, try to get people here as soon as possible. But unfortunately we can't do that at this time. So that is the majority of the calls we get, honestly, people that are trying to get here and have a really, that have urgency to get here. They're in extreme right. situations over there. Um, I feel like the majority of the people that called for immigration cases that um, weren't as urgent, they kind of stopped calling, they're at quarantine, they're at home. So the majority of the calls that we get right now are people who are like in life-threatening situations in their countries. And it breaks our heart, but there's not really much that we can do for them right now. Everything is closed. No flights are allowed to come into the US. So 
we're just trying to help them out as much as we can to stay safe over there. But yeah, there's not much we can do for anyone. Everything's pretty backed up right now. Right. And what advice would you give um, a listener of the show who, who's interested in getting a congressional internship or is just starting a congressional internship? Um, definitely be as professional as you can, but don't confuse professionalism for just like shyness and just sticking to your work. I feel like we're very young, especially in high school. I'm assuming the majority of people listen to this are students at Doral. So we're very young and most of us are about to enter college. A lot of us are still, you know, looking forward to that. It is really important A, if you walk into any professional environment at this age, it's already kind of like, oh my God, wow. Like when when I was 17, I wasn't doing any of that. Or when I was 18, I wasn't, you know, that professional. So it comes out really good for you as such a young person entering such a professional field. But you have to make sure that you keep that professionalism. You have to make sure that you are equally as mature and that your work ethic is equally as strong as your um, peers. Like for example, when I walked in, we, everyone else that was an intern had already graduated college. I was the only one that was still in high school. So when I walked in, um, Diana, who was our congressional assistant, she was kind of introducing me to everyone. She's like, oh, this is so-and-so. He just graduated from MIT. This is so-and-so. He just graduated from Stanford. This is so like all these like Ivy League kids and like super, super, super smart individuals. Um, and it was, it was definitely very intimidating, but you have to go in and think and remind yourself, I got this for a reason. Whoever approved my application, whoever got me here clearly thought that I was equally as mature and equally as capable as everyone else. So I really step up to the plate and show that. Um, another piece of advice that I have is just because you're being professional, like doesn't mean that you can't form a relationship with the staffers and you can't, you know, joke around with them from time to time, talk to them, have them like say some stuff about them, you say some stuff about you, because at the end of the day, that is a really great connection to have in the field. If you're working as a congressional staffer, most likely you want to work in the world of politics and you want to, you know, be able to work at the Capitol one day, maybe, or even work at the White House. So you want to make sure that you have such a high up connection. And if they are right there, literally working the desk um, next to you, why wouldn't you form that relationship with them? Like we were already talking um, next semester. I'm obviously not going to be able to do the internship, but um, Christy and I were talking and I'm going to make sure I check up on her. Even when I'm not in the internship, make sure that we're still emailing, make sure I'm still in contact with a lot of people in the office, just so if I ever need anything from the office or they ever need anything from me, there's still that constant line of communication even beyond my time as an intern for them. Right. And you never know, maybe you want to go back, maybe there's an opening in the staff and they think of you, maybe, you know, who knows. Um, but it's really important to have that connection. So I would definitely say be professional and form as many connections as you can. Right. And to kind of wrap up here, I'm going to ask you something that I ask everybody that comes onto the show and that's where do you want to be in 10 years? Um, I guess it would really depend on 
my future internships and my connections. I would really love to be working um, as a congressional staffer. Um, I, before I was like dead set on law school, but I feel like with this internship, I discovered that um, I definitely like the world of politics more than the world of law. And I definitely loved the fact that I could sit there and speak face-to-face -face or phone-to-phone -phone with someone and help them out and be there for them. Um, so who knows? Maybe I'll find myself working at the Capitol for so-and-so congresswoman. But um, yeah, if it's not that, then it's definitely law school. I feel like I would be very happy with either or. Right. Bianca, thank you for coming out to the show today. Thank you guys for listening to episode 18 of The Nest. Again, I hope you guys all stay happy and healthy. Leave toilet paper for others, and we'll catch you guys next week.